Blog Talk Radio. Can you hear me? 
I can. So far, fingers crossed. Let's hope that that it was some glitch between with my connection to Blog Talk Radio and that we're good to go. Well, hope for the best. Um, there are ways that I can monitor it as well. Um, it could cause a brief echo, and maybe we'll we'll do that a little bit. But we'll flow with it for now. And um, you know, where is our quality control listener? <laughs> Because <laughs> you know sometimes uh, that is helpful just to to be able to. Um, I think we all need that in life sometimes. It's something that just um, um, echoes us back, perhaps. But anyway, I had a chance to say a couple things about about what you have done, um, which is quite a quite a lengthy resume that you have, and and how you help so many people with creativity. And the minute it cuts out, make sure you let me know if it does it again. I will. I'll, I'll wave my arms to go to see you. <laughs> well, we'll just go with it. And you know what? Let's use this as a springboard. <laughs> use this. Yes, yes. Because how many times, Mark Davis, do we, and we're experiencing this, let's talk about, without talking about it too much, the world right now, for example. It can feel like we're going through a heck of a glitch. <laughs> and, well, and things that make us feel like, what the heck is going on? And, you know, that seem to stand in the way of our dreams, whether in the microcosm or the macrocosm. So how can we, in, in every way, and, you know, I don't like to ignore what's going on in the world because it really is having an impact on a lot of people's psyches, a lot of light workers and people in the metaphysical community. We, we very much feel the energy of everything happening. And so, so I guess to make a very long question is, here is um, how do we work with what can seem like adverse energy and integrate that into our past? to our dreams, because we all encounter it. Well, you know, we, we that old Chinese curse about living in interesting times, we certainly are living in interesting times. Um, and I think that for a lot of us, um, we might wish that the times were interesting in quite different ways. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and some of those are irreversible, <laughs> depending. Yes. Well, and, you know, I mean, of course, in the end, nothing is irreversible, and let's just let's just let's just be clear True. on that. And that, and that True. Well, and you're right. On, you're right. Whatever is going on, um, and we can speak about this, you know, from you know, energetic metaphysical terms. We can speak about this from you know, in very practical kind of like cope terms. Um, but let's just step back for a minute and um, forget about of what's going on. Yes. And look and look at the fact that everything is changing. Yes. That's not yes. without putting without 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 putting any kind of value on those changes. Yes. Um, because we all have opinions and I certainly do too about yes. what those changes are, what they mean and the impact on all our lives, including mine and yours. Um but we are living in a time of radical transformation. Yes. And radical transformation is never comfortable. And radical transformation rarely shows up in the way we would like it to or would prefer it to. Yes. Um, Nothing is irreversible, yes. At the same time, I think it's safe to say that nothing will ever be the same again. Yes. And that will be... Uncomfortable in many ways, and perhaps ultimately comfortable in others. Um, I think yeah. that speaking for myself, because I have my own my own issues, and my and my and, and the personal ways always impact having an impact on me. Um, I think the challenge is for me has been, just speak about me, because I don't want to impose, you know, my solutions on anybody else. Um, how do I hold my center? How do I stay out of fear? How do I stay out of anger? Yeah. Um, 
how do I stay out of panic? <laughs> yes, how yes. Do I, how, how do I um, hold my own center and my old energy? My own, not my old, my own energy. Um, well, yes. <laughs> in the face of radical upheaval, however you define that and whatever that looks like. Um, and um, I think that we each have to find our own answer to that. I mean, I can tell you what I do or don't do, but that may not be the solution for you. I think that um, one of the things that uh, I have done is I've scaled back, since the election, I've scaled back radically my time on Facebook, at least in my newsfeed. Um, I, I still interact with people and look at individual people's uh, feeds on their profile pages, but I don't want to get sucked in to the anxiety. I've got my own. I don't need anybody else's. <laughs> you know? I don't need get stuck into the fear. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of resentment. Um, um, there's also a lot of um, self-satisfaction because we have two sides in all this, right? It's not just one side. Um, and I simply personally need to find a way to navigate through my life and my emotional life in a way that doesn't paralyze me. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of the people yeah. who listen to your show are very empathic and, are, and pick up all kinds of stuff. And I think yeah. we need to find ways to be engaged, if that is our choice, but to be engaged in a way that does not allow us, in which we do not allow ourselves to be sucked in to kind of the prevailing energy, which is destructive. I don't mean the, the, I don't mean the political energy being destructive, but I mean the energy that we're creating from what's going on that's destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy. Um, um, I know that on some days, just I see the passing mention of something that puts me into an emotional tailspin. Um, yeah. And so my again, my solution is not to stick my head in the sand. I know what's going on. I don't have to know every detail of what's going on to know what's going on. Um, and you know, one of my for anybody who's read any of my books or or listened to us chat before or or anything like that knows that kind of one of my core issues, one of my one of the core things that I I've been called on to deal with through this lifetime. And God knows how many others. Maybe I'll get it one day. Can I trust that I'm safe? Can I trust that I'm taken care of? Can I trust that in my life all is well? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in the current climate, all those buttons are being pushed. Yes. Yes. Um, And my job in my life, not in anybody else's life, my job in my life, is to hold the resonance of knowing that as I have always been taken care of, not always comfortably, absolutely not, um, but ultimately I have always been taken care of, um, that this will remain so. Um, That is my personal challenge. That may not be your challenge, but that's my personal challenge. So my question to you, listener, or you, Susan, is what is – what does what's going on bring up for you? What buttons does it push for you? And how can you recognize that place within you um, that is triggered by this? And what can you do about it? Well, you know what's funny is we are showing live how together we interact to help one another. Because what did I invent just a little bit ago? My own trigger point, my own anxiety just erupted in one comment, some of which is irreversible. And what did you do? You helped to work with that and reminded me of what I already know. Nothing's irreversible. We're here on this earth and, you know, things happen here. And what did I mean? 
you know, when you talk about a trigger. Well, I'm sitting here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and there are wonderful trees around me. Um, I live in a place that was once named for a forest that no longer exists for the most part. The forest was so beautiful when the pioneers came here. They named where I lived after it, and then they took it away. (laughs) In fact, even my neighborhood right now, which will be changing soon. I mean, I've been in transition, and I haven't hidden that from my audience. A lot going on with me. Um, um, Is named for trees where there are only two or three. (laughs) They're gone. But, you know, even that is ultimately not irreversible. I mean, odds are it won't be reversed, but, you know, will and, (laughs) and a lot more than that, and sure, it could be forest again. It might be forest again in a way that you don't want it to be forest again. But again, you know, nothing is irreversible. Even it, it's a symbol. It's a symbol for my trigger when you ask. And I know this is true for many in the audience, so I'll bring it up. Is is a lot of us have on our hearts right now the environment and sure. what it will mean for our children if we go all the way backwards and and um, just. You know, that's that's a hard part. You know, when it comes to social change, those things can change pretty rapidly. You can have rapid pushback followed by amazing expansion. And some environmental things, I wouldn't say they're totally irreversible. Well, you know, once upon a time they cut down all the redwoods, um, and most of them, until, you know, a few far-reaching souls said, hey, we at least need to save us some. You know, I mean, they were concerned about all of them, I'm sure. But, um, and that was good that we're able to see some giant redwoods. We don't have them here in my immediate area. That's to my south. But, um, you know, they're gone. And I guess we can mourn that the redwood forests are gone. Or we can just accept, well, they are gone. And, um, you know, what do we have? You know, what do we have and what did it teach us and why are we here? You know, the whole earth think, will be gone someday. This earth doesn't I last think, forever. Nature burns for us. You know, everything. I think what you just said is key. I think what you just said is okay. key. Okay. All right. I'll um, throw it back to you. <laughs> which is that we don't have to accept change happily. And, um, and yes, when unfortunate change occurs, we can mourn what we have lost. Um, But I also think it's important, again, in terms of the energy of nothing else, to focus, you know, the old spiritual maxim, you you want to focus your energy on what you have, not not what you've lost, right? So, you want more of the same, you focus on what you've lost, and you get more loss. If you want, if you want things to be um, better, you focus on what you've got. But that doesn't mean that's not mutually exclusive. You can't. I'm not saying don't mourn what's lost and don't fight against what is being taken away. Absolutely not. At the same time, we want to be aware that that. Of what of where our energy is going and what and what that energetic focus is accomplishing. Yeah. So if yeah. you're going to focus all your energy on hate and anger and fear, what are you going to create? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's um, so true. Yes. Again, I'm not saying to lie down and accept. I am saying that how you put your energy out even in your opposition has a huge impact. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't like what's going I don't, I mean, I have, you know, I, I'm concerned about my health care. I'm an immigrant. I'm a legal immigrant. I'm an immigrant. Um, I've got all kinds of personal concerns about what's going on. Uh-huh. And at uh-huh. the same time, if I let my energy go into all that fear and anxiety, 
all I create is more fear and anxiety. Yeah. And if, if, if I say, no, this is not good, um, and I will do what I can, although I'm not a voter, what is what I can do? I will do what I can, um, and the best thing I can do is hold an energy for a better outcome. Yeah. yeah. That's where my power is. I'm not, I'm, not an, I'm not a politician. I'm not an activist anymore. I, 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 have, activist, I have an activist path, but that's not where I am right now, um, which is not to say that those that isn't important. It's just not my calling right now. Um, but what I can do is I can not let what's going on stop me. Yes. That's what I can do. Yes. You know, I spent, I, 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 write about, I write about this in my Access to Render memoir. I spent a lot of years being paralyzed by fear. I was scared and I did nothing. And I moved and I did not move. I was, I was you know, I was just, a stone cliff. I didn't do anything. I just I was too paralyzed by fear to, to take any real action in my life. And that shifted. Yeah. The fear didn't shift. The paralysis shifted. Yeah. So can we, yes, be concerned and anxious um, and take whatever action is appropriate, but can we also not let that fear, that anxiety, turn into, into, into destructive emotions that not only um, buttress what we don't want, but stop us from moving, from moving forward. Yes, yes. This is true. And that's, so all, many and that's, all, yes. that's all easy to say. I mean, you know, and I recognize that it's not easy to do. It's not easy for me to do. Yes. Um, yes. You know, this notion of paralysis, I like that word. Because I find this is true on every level. You know, today we're talking about um, our passions and things. Uh, we're, and, but this impacts our following our passion, um, our, our state of the heart and mind. But something I'm realizing and restating really some of what you said is everything that's going on around us, and this can be in our private lives when we do have radical change, and in society, we may not have realized it, for example, in society that there was a kind of paralysis because a lot of things were under the surface that were not being addressed. That's at the macrocosm, and that didn't change that they were there. They just weren't out in the open. And now they're out in the open, and we should be thankful. And what that means for me, for example, creatively, is I'm finding that change of state is pulling forth from me the motivation to share from my own experience as to how I've observed these things that have been under the surface because they've been, you know, they're surfacing my own creative passion, and I think maybe a lot of other people are feeling this way too. Not in a resistance. I don't like that term, resistance or energy of resisting, because to me, when you know, how what's one of the most fundamental teachings that we've heard so many years? You know, what you resist persists, and I've sort of fought against that sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to believe that, and I don't even know if I want to claim it a hundred percent now. But I do believe when you there is something to what you just said, and it echoes what I've felt, too, about flow, how you can flow powerfully forward as your own self and what you believe in and what you pursue. And that flow is not specifically pushing against, back against anything. It's just pushing. It's just going forward. It has a power. It has a incredible energy when you simply flow like a river. You know, what more, a river doesn't push against a wall. It just, you know, it can, but it's not specifically. It's just past the power of its flow. And that's what I felt, so, what you said. Let me just interrupt for a second because of that, that river. That well, river yeah, I want you to very, flow with that. <laughs> and my, that river metaphor is very powerful. And I use it, you know, I mean, one of my, te- I mean, my, the, the foundation of my technique when I teach writing is something called the muse stream. 
So I use that yes. image of flow yes. and, and, and water in motion a lot. And so when a river or a stream encounters a barrier, yes. I don't think it's a huge dam, but we'll come to that, but it encounters a rock or a tree or a boulder, what does it do? Does it stop? Find its way around it or over it or under it. And over time, it erodes it until it's gone. That's right. That's it. So flow begets flow. Yes. Now, you build a dam, then clearly the flow stops. But that doesn't stop the energy of the water from pushing against the dam. Yes. And ultimately, it may take generations. If that dam is not maintained, it will fall. Yes, yes. Um, and the flow will be restored. Um, one, of, one of the most, some years back, and you know the story, Susan, I, I spent nearly three years traveling full-time back and forth around the country. I was doing, doing various kinds of session work at the time and just kind of exploring on a kind of spiritual odyssey of my own. And one of the most powerful experiences I, I had, I didn't even know this immediately, was when I got to the Yellowstone River just outside Yellowstone National Park. And I felt very drawn to the, to the water. And it was only after I was driving away and saw a sign, the Yellowstone River is the large, longest undammed river in the lower 48. Uh-huh. It's the most powerful river that has never been contained. Wow. Its natural flow has never been wow. in any in any major way. Obviously, you have the, the bridges and stuff, but it, it has never been dammed for energy, as other you know, as the Colorado River and other rivers have, have, have been done. And that's not a value judgment against anyone, you know, that, that power is important to us, but when you experience the Yellowstone River, there is an energy about it that is present even if you don't know what it is in the moment. And it's because that flow has never been stopped. Yes. Yes. That's an amazing metaphor, really. I mean, just the, the, the thought of of that. And, and, and doesn't that capture, for me, it captures almost everything I'm feeling right now, which is interesting because there's a purity to it. You know, that is related to spring too, Mark David. And maybe that's what's also, you know, we're saddened about in a way, you know, as to, you know, we want to think of things like that that are pure and pristine and untouched and they flow with the wind and you know they they and we want to we reach for those things and yet ironically here we are on the earth I mean we had all that I'm sure in whatever way we had it on the other side and we chose to be here where things can seem muddied you know on purpose we muddied it and um and but through mud we find a different kind of clarity it seems you know there's a there's such a reason for it so so what is it and i i know this is a long way of getting around to a question because you captured something for me and i'm trying to get it into words is what is that yearning for that freedom i feel that purity of freedom when you talk about that river and it so relates to our passions and our dreams yeah, I mean, I think that um, there's, there's so many ways of going at this. Um, <laughs> um, uh-huh. this, river has lots of, this river has lots of tributaries. <laughs> um, um, I think that, you know, we are born, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't want to try to say we're born pure and unfulfilled and all, and, and all that stuff, but you know, we we come in with certain dreams and certain passions and certain desires and certain yearnings and certain interests. Um, and life through whatever, in a sense, whatever higher choices that we made when we incarnated, um, if 
if that follows your, your line of belief, um, we made choices or choices were made for us by agreement that block those, that don't dam, that threw yeah. rocks in the middle of our river. Um, and the journey of life, um, and we might wish it were otherwise, but apparently it's not, the journey of life for many is to find those rocks, to find those dams, and to find ways to no longer let them get in our way. Yeah. So I was, as you know, Susan, I was created, I was creatively blocked for many years. Last yeah. thing I ever thought I would ever, 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 never, never, ever, ever want to be was a writer or any kind of creative person. Yeah. And here, yeah. that, that's all I am anymore, it seems. Um, but the fact that I was so blocked and the fact that I was so damned up, <laughs> damned, damned up, <laughs> um, made me ultimately, when I was able to clear, begin clearing some of that debris from my flow, made me not only a better writer, I believe. Yes. I, I, I might wish it could happen differently, but this is the way it happened. Not only made me a better writer, that made me a far better teacher and coach and 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 counselor. Um, yes. Because I had had those experiences that that um, people who were coming to me in whatever capacity were experiencing in that moment, and because I could come at it from my experience and not from sympathy but from empathy, I was a stronger teacher. Yes. So um, you know. It's kind of cliche to say that adversity makes us stronger. Um, it does. Do I like it? That that's the way it works? No. <laughs> no, I like ice cream to make me stronger. Why does it have to be adversity? But, you know, this is, this is apparently how we designed it. Um, and um, there is apparently no take back on that. So yeah. is it possible, you know, returning to you know, the beginning of our conversation, that whatever adversity we are experiencing, um, well, in this country, um, but not only in this country. I mean, there's, there's bad stuff happening all over the place. Um, will, it, will we succumb to that adversity or will it ultimately make us stronger? Whose choice is that? Yeah. It's our choice. Yes. That's it exactly. As we, you know, wonderful metaphor of spring, for those of us yeah. um, who um, have lived in, 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 in countries or climates where things actually do freeze up over the winter time, um, this isn't quite as true in Mexico and Southern California, but, um, you know, the, the metaphor is everything has frozen up. The, 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 the water, the rivers have frozen up. The, 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 the living things have have gone dormant, and suddenly, suddenly, there is, there is this thawing out, there is this opening up, there, uh, there is this freeing, there is this um, new growth, this fresh growth. Um, I rewatched the Narnia film um, a few months ago. And uh-huh. one of the wonderful metaphors, and there's so many wonderful metaphors, I mean, I see more in those films than actually, I'm actually listening to the audio books of the, of the books now. Um, that I, every, every time I experience that work, I, I, I see and experience more of it. But you uh-huh. know, Narnia, when, when those four children first wander in, has been frozen up for over a century because of yep. the, 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 the White Witch, the, the, the White Witch. Has turned everything into winter with no Christmas, which is which, which is the phrase. So you you get all yes. you get all the nastiness, none of the benefits of winter, right? So, but what happens is a thaw comes, and suddenly the water is moving again. And suddenly there is life again, and yes. all that was cold and dead, um, both without and within, begins to soften. And open up. And I think that as we move into springtime, at least in this hemisphere, sorry guys, in the southern hemisphere, you're kind of going into the, <laughs> into the other side of it now. 
Um, but as we move into spring in this hemisphere, the symbolism is very potent. Um, and if we can, if we can hook up with that symbolism, both in our personal life, but, but, but in the larger world as well, and, and find the ways that we can open our hearts, find the ways in which we can um, let that which has been frozen up within us begin to thaw, then of course things will change. They'll change first, you know, they'll change in our own lives, and they'll change in the bigger world, the larger world as well, because, and I really hate to bring this up, because um, it doesn't make me any more comfortable, but it's going to make you, nothing happens outside of us, and that includes in Washington, D.C., um, that does not also exist within us. Everything, everything that exists in the world around us is a reflection of what we carry within us. Yes. Which is why it's important to watch our energy and how we express that energy in the world. So if you think, if you believe that, that, that the energy coming out of Washington right now, for example, um, and not everyone believes it, but if this is your belief, um, is harsh and cruel um, and selfish um, and um, compassionless, then guess what? It's a reflection of something that we carry within us because it could not be there otherwise. Ouch. I think, yeah, I think we're finding... Um, and, you know, this is interesting to to use it because it's actually fueling me creatively as well in terms of what am I feeling not just led to do, but even compelled. There's a, there's a strong force to this in a way. And it's actually gentler than you would think that kind of a flow would be. It's not harshly... Um, jarring in a way. It's more, okay, you know, how do we, what, there, there are creative forces within us that is helping us to surface what it is we're reflecting. Yes. And what, who we are, all of us, and how we reach out to each other. Because obviously there is a wounding here. And there can be a lot of, um, I mean, hand-to-hand combat. And boy, I've been involved in that in the past in other ways. And and somehow it's making me feel like we have to look in the mirror collectively. You know, we don't even know ourselves. And I say ourselves, probably, yes, our own selves, literally, but also collectively, we don't know one another and it's really easy to to um come up with very simplistic things and labels and and stuff and and it may not exactly be that you know because we don't really know one another because the world the worlds that we grow up in are so different i know that this show has a lot of listeners by the way i did recently learn because Blog Talk Radio is giving demographic data. Um, and let me recognize those of you who are going into fall, because I know depending on a given month, up to 40%, actually as much as, um, from what I understand, 45%, I've seen it, 20 to 45% of the listeners are not in the United States. They're not all in the Southern Hemisphere, but some of you are. And I want to recognize you across time. In fact, everyone listening in remote parts of the world, I can now see if even a single listener is out there in some remote country. And I know you're out there. Susan is watching you. (laughs) (laughs) So, but from a global standpoint, what's going on in the United States is important. And certainly from a heart standpoint, it's important for all of us because there's a lot going on not in the United States. And, you know, it's not all about us, you know, <laughs> it's, although I know there are 
concerns about what's going on here. But um, worldwide, there's so many things to be thinking about right now. There's a lot going on. We get so focused on just us. And it's not all us, but it is at a global level and a greater we. But the thing is, is um, just reflecting back some of what you said and then, then letting you flow with it once again, is I personally feel, and I think others out there do too, that what's going on in a greater sense right now is pulling out of me things that, I've never been able to even approach before. Maybe privately, but not in the ways that I feel, and and not even in harsh and caustic ways, although sometimes that's part of who we are. You can't just, if you find that, we know, there are parts of, there's all kinds of things. We have our shadows within us too. We're not just everything. It's bringing things out. It, it's like dredging it up <laughs> and, and also in a, not even a dredging way, in a good way. It's like emerging like a plant, like a seed that's finally breaking open. I feel that. So, and I know others out there are feeling this. What is this doing with your art? Those of you who are artists and writing and, and anything that you want to do with yourselves in the world, I, I feel this catalyst that's that's really helping all of us in in what can seem an adverse way. Well, so, you know, last year, last year, two years ago, two years ago, I guess, we, I was on your show, we were talking about what was then my new book, Sarah's Year. Um, we were talking about um, what the impetus for me writing that book was. Um, and the impetus at the time was that I was experiencing a whole bunch of health scares, um, and I was kind of freaking out. Um, so that's the, that's the microcosm. The macrocosm is there are political scares that are freaking out, but at that time it was a microcosm. I was freaking out, scared, and I was freaking out. And yeah. Yeah. the one thing that was important to me, the only thing, to my, to my surprise, that was important to me was that I had a story to tell and I tell it. And I tell it while I had the time to tell it. Yeah. Um, now I'm now working on the third book in what wasn't planned to be a series. <laughs> um, um, and in this third story, it's called the Emmeline Papers, and I hope it, I hope it'll be out this spring. Um, um, there is also a catalyst where adversity um, ignites the greatest creative work that yes. this person has ever created. Um, yes. And no one likes to feel pain. I mean, I don't think it well. I mean, unless you're really kinky. But no one likes to feel <laughs> pain. And no one likes to experience hardship. Um, yeah. And no one likes to be afraid. I mean, I certainly yeah. don't like any of those things. Um, and yet, somehow, when we're pushed out of our comfort zone, which it is, it's as though that act squeezes the greatness from us and out into our awareness out of the world. Um, suddenly, we can no longer coast. Suddenly, we maybe we have a deadline as you know as I felt I might when Sarah's year happened, um, and as as you know the character in the Emmeline papers clearly does. Um, suddenly, um, there is no place for complacency. Suddenly, we are we are forced to focus in a way that. Um, uh, Comfort, if you will, didn't force us to do before. Um, so, yeah. um, you know, it's not comfortable. Creativity is not comfortable. Creation is not comfortable. Hell, God had to rest for a whole day after, you know, creating the world in six days, apparently. So <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was hard work. Um, so, 
page, I don't even mean, I don't only mean works of art. I mean anything in our lives, anything in the world. We rarely create from a place of complacency, from, from lounging on the sofa, you know, um, from being a couch potato, you know. I wish it were otherwise. I wish I could. I wish I could find the magic formula to create from a different place. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, we create from discomfort. It's discomfort, in a sense, that is a catalyst for our creation. As an artist, we explore our discomfort. Um, politically, we we take our discomfort and turn it into political action. Um, so at one level, and God, I wish it, again, I wish it were true, what's going on is an opportunity. It's not a curse. Yeah. Now, would I wish it to look differently? Every, pretty much every minute of every day, yeah. For sure. Um, I don't want to have to worry that, that, you know, that my health care, which I didn't have for many years in this country, um, is at yeah. risk. Um, um, I don't want to have to keep going to the doctor wondering if it's my last visit. <laughs> you know, not because I'm dying, but because I won't be able to afford to go back. Um, but can I take the discomfort and do two things with it? Can I trust that I'll be okay? And can I not let the discomfort turn me bitter? So we were talking about the Sarah stories, and, and I don't remember yeah. if you read after if you read after Sarah's year. I did actually. I really appreciate your Sarah's, but I really appreciate your work there, and I'm looking forward to whatever more writing. <laughs> yes, it has great so, depth. So after Sarah's year, it's about a woman, and not only because it involves the other, you know, the characters in Sarah's year as well. But it, but one of the major characters in that story is a woman who has let the very real challenges of adversity of her life basically turn her, turn her into a bitter old hag. Yeah. It was what happened to her wasn't her choice. How she responded to it was, well, we've heard that before. Yeah. It's not what happens to you, it's how, it's how, it's how you respond to it. Um, and it takes um, some very small events that turn into a major catalyst for her, for her to begin to see who she was, what she allowed herself to become, and to begin to shift that. And you'll be pleased to know or not that she's also in the third book. <laughs> ah! but, uh, um, but, um, so when I was writing, the, the woman's name is Sadie, Sadie Finkel. When I was writing Sadie, I was deeply uncomfortable. You know why? Because I could see Sadie in me. And I did not yeah. like what I was seeing. Yeah. Um, because I can't write what isn't me at some level. Okay, I'm not, I, you know, I did not have her such any experiences, but I certainly could see in her reaction some of my own. And that was really hard to write. So, again, um, can we take the raw material of what's going on within us, which is, refle- which is reflecting outside of us, and as the alchemists we are, whether we're creative alchemists or energetic alchemists, turn that into something else. Yeah. Can we, are we going to move in the, in the realm of lead, or can we find a way to transform that into, to, to find the gold in it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and to live through the fire that, that, that is that transformation. You know, I always Not forget what 
it, it's not. And you ha- you bring to mind the image, and I always forget what it's called, of that um, technique in pottery, the ancient technique where they filled the cracks with gold. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that image image pops up on Facebook every once in a while. That's actually talk about walking away from Facebook, but that's one of the things that shows up every so often, and it always captures my attention. And you know something else you said as you were talking about discomfort. You know, there's an odd paradoxical thing that I feel you capture with authenticity. It's intensely uncomfortable to be openly authentic in our work, in our lives, and what we're, you know, everything. It's a process, and yet it's also paradoxical in the way when we manage to somehow do it on some level, and it it is often on approach, it also feels incredibly good and freeing. And in the same time that it's feeling uncomfortable, it's just, you know, that's the, the strange... Um, concept of it all, well, and it's and it's all It's scary to let ourselves be vulnerable. Yes. Because we are trained to protect ourselves. Yes. Um, and you know, it's it's. One of the things that, in terms of the way I teach writing and the way I do my highly imperfect best to live my life, <laughs> is, to, um, is to allow myself to be vulnerable out in the world, this coming from someone who was totally shut down once yeah. upon a time. Um, yeah. And every time I allow myself to be vulnerable, on one hand, there is a reward, generally. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm pushed to to, do, to to take off even more clothes, to to, to uh-huh. reveal even more. It's not like it, it's it's like this bottomless pit, you know. Uh-huh. Um, it, um, and that's the same true. You know, same same is true of, of trust, which we talked about before. So you know, we we trained ourselves to trust, and suddenly we find ourselves in a situation, be it a political situation or a personal situation. Where that 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 call to trust has just been like expanded, deepened geometrically, and yeah. and once again we can't walk away from that. We have to find a way to be in that place of of trust, not in our political leaders, uh, but in ourselves, and in whatever spirit or energy or 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 however you define it whatever thing that is greater than we are, that is us at the same time, um, yeah. somehow um, holds us together. Um, but I keep joking that, I, you know, that, that, that in, in this free will universe, there is no free will. Um, because once I have chosen, made the choice to be in that place of surrender to that higher will that that is an aspect, you know, of which I have an aspect, which the physical person talking to you is an aspect. Once I made that choice, and there are no more choices. I can bitch about it, and believe me, I do. <laughs> I know <things. laughs> um, But I know final analysis. The only choice I have is not to submit. That suggests that I'm on my knees cowering, but to surrender to the higher wisdom that is that is, that that. that it's not my conscious mind me, that is, but that is my heart mind me, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, I think maybe that concept of surrender, which you convey so very well through your life and your work, uh, is a good way to... to to head into the end of our program today since this, this talk has has very magically carried us to the, the end of the show um, and really has and we have to, and we have to remember that. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Um, 
but and so I have to kind of interrupt the flow of it, I suppose, as all things. But you know, that's a metaphor too. And and you know, when you talk about, and I will say this real quick, when you talk about um, how we feel a certain urgency in our work, you know, around us, us in our world, those of us who are even in our early 50s or, or getting up in age, we're seeing people leave a lot lately. I'm noticing that. Various artists and actors and writers, different people are leaving us, and it really is an impetus for all of us to say, you know, what is it that, that we're called to bring forward in our time here? And none of us ever knows, you know, what that time is. But, you know, we're we're feeling that so much, but I want to give you the opportunity, Mark David, to talk just a little bit about, I didn't even get to say in the introduction, which I think may have been breaking up, where where people can find you, and sure. thank you live audience today for being here. Um, yes, where can people find you? Um, the kind of grand central station of my, of my online world is my website, which is Mark David Gerson, all one word. It's Mark with a K, David, G-E-R-S-E-S-M-O-N.com. Um, you'll find links there to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Pinterest, my Twitter, um, my Google Plus even, perhaps. But the one thing you, you can know is that Mark David Gerson, all one word, is my username practically everywhere online. So you can always find me that way. Um, I always love to hear from people, so you can re- you can either reach me on any of those places, um, or follow me or friend me, or send me a note to my website. Um, I do my best to answer everything if I can. Um, you'll also find my books. There are fourteen, five of, five of them on writing, um, a, a, a sixth on social marketing for writers, and then and then novels and memoirs. Uh, <clears throat> On my website, on Amazon, um, and through in, in paperback or ebook from most major online booksellers around. Um, and um, just to go back briefly to what you were saying just before you had me do my little my little self promotional spiel. Um, looking when I come back to talk about the online papers, one of the things we really ought to talk about is um, yeah. this whole no, this whole notion of you know, limited time and how you deal with that. Because that, that certainly is yeah. a theme, one of the themes um, in the MLI papers, as I as I yeah, sort of discovered it by accident, because that wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't what I thought the book was going to be about, but it always happens. So, yes, yeah, so please please look for me and um, and get in touch and say hi and ask any questions. And I always, as I say, I always love to hear from listeners to this show and, and, and anyone else who wants to Yes. Well, I encourage people to get in touch with you, and thank you so much for being here today. Um, And thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for for recognizing our conversation today and putting us up on the front page. I know they they intervened some ways. Yes, we've been consistently at number two today, almost throughout the show, on the front page under live shows. And and I never know what the formula is for that, but I'm thankful for it. <laughs> so, and thank you, live audience, those of you who may be new to the show. And I want you to discover markdavidgerson.com and also wander by frontierbeyondfear.com because we've been here um, for seven years now and counting. And um, you can find more of Mark David's show just by searching for them in the archive. Just enter his name and they'll all pop up. So, um, and there are a bunch of them. <laughs> so, anyway, the live audience is leaving us, and I better say really quick before I let you go, you hang in there for a second. Um, the next show on Monday is 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday night with Sonia Grace on the Spring Equinox, our our regular celebration of these milestones, and she is a worldwide expert and just growing in in her reach. She's on Coast to Coast AM often. She's been on George Norrie's Gaia TV program more than once, and she'll be here Monday night live at 6 p.m. Pacific. So I invite the live audience to join us. And as we let that live audience go and thanking them as they do so, I do want to give you another thank you, Mark David, and recognize all of those who are listening across time, very, very likely in other parts of the world. Um, I am just so heartened to know that. It it just touches my heart 
Um, and I'm reaching out to you wherever you are in the world listening. Thank you, and thank you, Mark David, for being here again today. I always appreciate our talk. Thank you, Susan. It's always a pleasure to be here, and I also want to give a special shout-out of thanks to those who stuck through the beginning of the show um, to our little technical glitches and uh, stuck around to hear the rest of us. So thanks again, Susan. It's Always, always, always a pleasure to chat with you on air or off, and I look forward to uh, our next conversation. Ah, me too, me too. Thank you so much again, and you take care. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And with that said, um, we do have some great shows coming up. Um, the, The calendar's filling up. It went through a little dormant mode, as many of my audience know, I was, you know, going through some transitional times, too, and we had a nice little hiatus in there where where many of you discovered shows in the archive, and now we're hitting the ground running because next week there are three shows, Um, not only the show Monday with Sonia Grace, a special time at 6 p.m. Pacific. I've got popular authors coming up with new books, um, And um, we've got a show Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific with Kate Montana talking about ego, enlightenment, and other essentials. Kate has a new book out. And then a very popular speaker, Master Charles Cannon, is on the show Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific to talk about his new book, Living an Awakened Life. So, And that's just the beginning because I'll be adding more really cool shows to the schedule um, that I know you all will enjoy and um, really learn from. If you're new to this material, if you're opening up to some of these concepts, just so many ways to explore. And we were all there once. I certainly was. And for me, my own awakening came in the spring, um, although it was a series of events that started in the fall and in many ways from the beginning of life. I mean, that's true for all of us. But Um, The spring is a powerful time for those of you who are experiencing the energy of the spring and those of you who are not in springtime vicariously because it's always there for us. So take care, everyone. Thank you, and I will see you all next time. Uh, Find peace in your day, in your evening, wherever this show finds you right now, and feel the peaceful energy that I'm sending out to you across time.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.